This is Create the Next from Pro CFO Partners, where every week we explore strategies and ideas for financial management and growth to help today's businesses put their financial picture in context. Welcome back to Create the Next. I'm Chris Mintliff, and I'm joined by Hale Fardi, who is the Chief Visionary Officer at Pro CFO Partners. And I think that that's a really uh, apropos title today, uh, Holly, because we're talking about strategic agility. And I think there's a lot of vision and a visionary mindset that's required there. But before we dig into all of it, I really want to know what is your sort of definition? Give us give us a baseline understanding of what we're going to get into today. What is strategic agility? Well, it, I think we let's start with agility. And agility is the ability to move fast. So um, if we go back to all, all the uh, events that a company faces, whether it's COVID or now you hear inflation, double-digit inflation, pending recession, um, maybe capital markets are tightening up, maybe you can't find talent. The ability to be able to adapt to that and actually use these changes to get stronger is the definition. I mean, to adapt quickly is agility. To get stronger on the other side is strategic agility. How do we use it to get stronger? Oh my word, that's interesting because I feel like do you do you think this connects to the size of an organization? There's a lot of the first thing that I think a lot of folks go to is, well, that's not something we can do. Like they immediately go to why that's difficult for my organization, because we are huge, because we are global, because we are 50 years old, because we're a family business entrenched in the way that we do things. I think there's a a bias towards um sort of not going down the possible path because we just think that's too overwhelming or too hard. This idea of being agile. Talk me through that. Is that reality? Is it, is, do I need to be thinking about that? It's a lot easier for a two person shop than a 200 person shop, but what are the, what are for you, the sort of what's the scaffolding or what's the ingredients to that, that make it something I should or or should not be able to uh, start to embody this idea of agility. I think I'll, I'll take a step back and uh, uh, talk about there's a there's a famous inspirational quote that used to be you know, on the walls of our conference rooms and businesses when we had those. And it's a Maria Andretti quote that says, if everything seems under control, you're not going fast enough. <laughs> right? and, and it was like somewhere like move faster, move faster. And and it was on the walls because they're talking about you need to be able to make quick decisions. You need to be prepared to make quick decisions. And I'm from a position where that's actually not a very accurate quote, because in order to be able to move fast, whether you're in a race car or you have to have stability, your race car can't move fast if it's not stable, if the driver is not stable, if the drivetrain is not stable, if the wheels don't create stability around the turn. So what that answers is, to answer your question, large organizations have stability. And so therefore, if they decide they're going to be a strategically agile organization, they actually have the stability that startups don't have, but are fast. And what I want to talk about with companies is make the decision to make strategic agility part of your DNA. If you're a startup, create the stability and the base and the foundation you need to be able to do that without flipping the car, crashing and burning, Mm -hmm. right? If you're a giant and more stable organization, start creating the steps you need 
in your hierarchy and decision making and your KPIs and metrics to be able to move towards a more agile organization. So the answer to your question is yes and yes. Yes and yes. It usually is with you and Nelson. The answer is yes. Yes. <laughs> so let's go to that startup for a second. What are some of the characteristics of having a strong foundation? What do I need to start doing so that I have that stability? So startups are usually startups, so they don't have infrastructure. They have an idea, they get some money and they start running and it works until they hit a certain scale, an inflection point. And at that point, that's when the crash and burn happens. Mm -hmm. They don't have some information on last time they did this, what it looked like, how long it took to get to market, what were the KPIs and the salespeople. Um, They don't have compensation plans that are built to motivate and create incentives because they don't know the margins in each one of their segments because they're just starting, they're mobilized. And uh, so for startups, I would say, take a step back and really look at your systems and processes and really look at your metrics and KPIs. How are you measuring uh, what you're doing so you can manage it? I think that's great advice because I think that there is, um, there's a reality in the startup world where for, I don't know, one, two, three, five years, hard work and hustle can mask uh, the deficiencies that are that are present when you don't have that infrastructure. And as you pointed out, at some point, you're going to hit this inflection point where that's not going to work anymore. It could just be burnout, but at some point, that's not going to work. But you can have success on hard work and hustle and leveraging the networks of the founders. And, uh, and you can have success with that that makes you think that you're in a better position than you are. Do you agree with that? I, I do agree with it. I mean, when, when we started, if I think as you're speaking to the startups, we're making sales. And at some point, those sales aren't sales you want. Mm. They're really sucking the resources of the organization in a way that's not going to take you to where you want to go. I think that's that's the most important part of it is, yes, success is great. And when you when you start from zero, everything is growth. But is it the right kind of growth? And as you have challenges or opportunities, because you can look at all these changes as opportunities, are you able to pivot without losing, saying, oh, it's okay. Sometimes it's okay to lose that customer segment that you thought you needed in the beginning, because now you need to allocate, you have your baseline and you can allocate your resources elsewhere. They don't have that information because they're moving so fast. They're moving so quickly. And that infrastructure almost acts as a, a parachute behind. I'm thinking about a race car drag racer, and it almost acts as a safe, slowing. I, I've got this phrase that's been in my head since we started talking, which which I apply to to some parts of my life, which is smooth is fa- smooth slow is smooth, smooth is fast. So when you're when you're operating with intention. And not, as you pointed out, you know, breakneck speed, you're going to blow up the car. But when you're operating with structure, uh, yes. that smooth, that, that slowness is smooth, which creates the opportunity to move uh, quickly. And I, I feel like that's part of what you're sharing. What I'm sharing is there's a couple of things. Remember a couple of years ago, we would talk about resilience and we would talk about pivoting. Okay. If you're pivoting without direction, you're basically like a dancer and just, just pivoting. You're just in circles, trying to find the right, right? Yep. Then resilience and perseverance is about staying the same, surviving. Mm. And if you're staying the same, you're not growing. 
So to get past the uh, pandemic or a situation you weren't prepared for and say, wow, we're still standing, isn't necessarily a good thing. What we want to do is if you're a fragile organization and an external influence is creating some chaos, you actually want to be on the other side of it stronger. I don't want to be resilient. I want to use it to be stronger. And strategic agility enables you to do that if you think of it, thinking of it in an intentional way. We are this kind of company. We also have decided, do you remember the days of the lean business or the e-myth or whatnot? We've decided we're also a strategically agile organization. And that needs to be communicated at every level. And there's infrastructure that needs to be put in to enable them to move fast. Create the Next is brought to you by Pro CFO Partners, who believe every business deserves to work with an expert CFO to guide its success. Pro CFO Partners are expert financial officers networked across industries, verticals, specializations, and situations. Fulfilling the role of a part-time CFO with all-time commitment, Pro CFO Partners utilizes the innovative and exclusive FGC financial flywheel as a framework that creates momentum to drive your financial functions for sustainable success. Visit ProCFOPartners.com to explore how we can implement a systematic and scalable financial system to help you achieve your goal. ProCFOPartners.com Part of what is really um, resonating for me about what you're sharing is, can you, can you describe for me the difference between company-wide, corporate-wide, intention and goal? Because we talk a lot about goals and strategies, but you just shared that intention is sort of, this is who we're going to be. It's not... It's not necessarily the markets we're going to break into or the revenue goals, which we've talked about. That's not the best place to start your goal planning. But intention is something I'm hearing you say that's related but different. Intention is I'm going to be a diverse organization. I'm going to embrace DEI and being inclusive. Goal is this year I'm going to improve and my staff is going to be 20% diverse. That's the difference between intention and goal. Strategically agile is we're going to be an organization that is stronger when we're met with external influences we weren't planning. That's out of our control. That's the intention. The goal is I'm going to create hierarchy where decision-making is done at different levels. So next next year when I'm looking at my strategic or my organizational chart, I'm also going to look at decision-making there. When I'm looking at my systems and processes or when I'm looking at my operations, I'm going to make sure that all their KPIs are driving towards the corporate goal. They don't just have departmental KPIs. Remember, we talked about silo leadership, but those KPIs are subsets of the corporate goal. So that's the difference between an intention to be a strategically agile organization and then goals we set towards achieving that intention. That is super valuable distinction. Talk to me now a little bit about that mid-market or even enterprise organization who has the stability, but is for other reasons unprepared to move with agility. What are some of the characteristics that I need to be thinking about and changes that I need to be uh, embodying in my organization? There's, There's three specific areas. Area one is the hierarchy. You can't be strategically agile if there's one decision maker. So you need to create empowerment and agency at different levels to be able to innovate. Good. So that's number one. 
uh, take a really a look at your hierarchy in your organization and where are the decision-making milestones? Who can make decisions? And as part of that, the second item is a corporate culture, a culture that says we are going to be stronger at the other end. We just don't want to survive it. We're going to take whatever comes our way and be stronger and look at it as an opportunity rather as than a challenge. And so that's about culture, making the decision, using the word strategic agility, talking about the steps that we need to take to be able to do that. And of course, the third one is you can't manage what you don't measure. Mm. And it goes to what, how do we measure it? What are their KPIs? What are the metrics that they use to measure that this innovation is working or that this is the direction we want to go into? What is the financial information that they're using? You do those three things, you have a st stable base to be able to make decision-making that doesn't sound like you're like, inflation, inflation, raise our prices. Remember, we've talked right. about that before. Right. Okay, cut costs. So that's not innovative. That's 1984. <laughs> right. Do you feel like we have an opportunity to, or is this a good idea? We came, we're coming out of the pandemic, which was a once in a, well, let's all hope, uh, you know, we've never experienced anything like it before. We're, we're entering into an era of inflation. We haven't been here for since the 70s. Should I be documenting sort of best practices through this? Should I be creating a playbook for my organization? And part of it could be cultural, part of it could be, you know, um, nuts and bolts, tips and ticks, uh, tips and, and tactics and techniques. Should I be starting to sort of categorize, here's how to get through stuff so that you're not just getting through stuff, but you are stronger on the other side. Here's what we've learned so that we can apply it to the next thing. Or is that more of a mindset that leaders really need to embody so that the organization is prepared for those things uh, from the inside out? I think it's a challenge to tell organizations, let's sit together and write down and document what we learned from the last thing. Um, I think it's time and resources, and then you don't have an expert in the room that's going to uh, moderate what we learned and really put it in perspective because we all have our emotional sides of it. Uh, an example of it is we're looking at many of our clients and they've hired people through the pandemic. They've never even met people who are working with them. 20% of their workforce, they've never met in person. And, and now you're saying, well, I don't have trust. So what did we learn? That we don't have a proper onboarding for hybrid virtual staff? Okay, so in 2023, let's create proper onboarding for virtual staff. If you're big enough that you have an HR department and it's one person's task to look back and look at performance, you don't even realize that until someday you're like, I don't think I trust them. Well, it's not that they're not trustworthy. You've never developed a relationship with them. You don't have the tools that normally you would have that develops trust or checks and balances with hybrid. You know, if, if you stick your head in and someone is, looks like they're working in their office, you have the perception that they're working eight hours a day. So, so it's tricky to say, which one of the things am I going to look at last year and say, this is what I've learned? That pricing, um, I mean, I, I can't even, you know, as I'm thinking here, uh, the list is so long, I don't know even what to pick on. You know, how, how do we go? The markets we approach, 
how we did our budgeting, our annual strategic planning, how we approached our growth. I mean, the list is so long. So long answer to say, I don't know if that kind of reflection in a formal way, you know, unless you have that hierarchy and each person has their, what they were accountable for, and they do a retrospective of what last year looked like is really practical. What is practical for me and how we are different as CFOs is we're forward looking. So we can say, this is where we want to go. And these are the best practices that we have learned that will take us there. Instead of this is what didn't work in the past or how we could have done it better. It's necessary, but I don't think people should be looking back as much as looking forward. It's good advice for two for for two reasons for me. One is um, it assumes there's a there's there's a lack of m- much of what we're going through now is not is no longer temporary. Like now there is a new dynamic about remote work, and so those realities aren't past tense. We need to be dealing with them in the present. And uh, and then I love what you're sharing about. Really, it's it comes down to all the things that ProCFO Partners sort of stands for, which is create the next, not mm-hmm. obsess about the past. It's learn from those things, but create the next, the next version, the next thing, the next strategy, the next goal, the next, the next plan, the next path. And I think that that is um, not as difficult for organizations as sometimes it can seem. I think that that comes down to, as you're pointing out, and my takeaways for today, infrastructure. Measuring what matters, and I really love this idea of of and it, it applies to small organizations to agency and empowerment, so that everybody can be a part of that conversation. They're not; it's not that old command control. They're not waiting to be told what to do. Folks are, even if they're remote, um, given the opportunities that they need to succeed, so that you can start to develop that strategic agility. You're coming out stronger on the other side. Yes, I mean, uh, you summed it up. It's how do we, how are we innovative? And there's a really interesting quote I read, and it's they ask, they're asking this, you know, speaker, tell me, it's a guru, right? One of our unicorn gurus. Tell us what's going to change in the next year, 10 years. Tell us what's going to change in the next 10 years. He says, nobody asks me what's not going to change in the next 10 years. And that's the most, interesting question because my customers wanting great products at great prices fast is not going to change. So as I'm being agile and navigating what comes our way, I'm navigating towards that beacon. And then we can innovate because we have that grounding of looking at what's not going to change in our business and then creating the next way to achieve it. And that to me is strategic agility, and you can't do that unless you have a strong business foundation, startup or mature company. Hale Fardi, Chief Visionary Officer for a reason over there at ProSuper Partners. <laughs> Thank okay. you so much, Hale. Um, you just have such a sharp way of thinking about things, and and then I I'm so grateful for your ability to articulate it so that we can all sort of learn from it and then start to apply it. Thanks for listening. And a special thanks to our subscribers. Consider becoming one today. Visit ProCFOPartners.com and learn how we can help you build a framework for financial management and growth.